0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family.
1: This is episode 734 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products.
2: This time around, we'll connect with the remaining two members of Team USA's Pan Am Gold Medal Dressage Team, as well as hearing from USDF Regional Director Anne Sushko on her whirlwind journey to Santiago, Chile as a volunteer, and then back to the U.S. Dressage Finals in Kentucky. And finally, we'll meet adult amateur owner and rider Tana Faxon from Oregon, who recently made the trek to finals on her Lusitano Stallion Flash.
1: This is Reese Koffler-Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
2: And this is Noah Ratner from Sherwood, Oregon. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show.
1: Well, hi, Noah. Welcome back.
2: Hello, my friend. How's it going?
1: <laughs> we're good. We we have everyone been enjoying our second date together. That's what we're calling it. Uh, Yeehaw. I know we're glad to have you back this has been fun it's it's uh we got through our first show and uh this has really been been a pleasure we have such a fun show but I'm excited you have been all over the place what have you been up to
2: Oh my goodness! Uh, it has been a busy couple weeks since we did our first show, and uh, I've no. been um, I've been a little bit of a pinball back and forth across the country. And I'm home right now for a brief and shining moment, and I am relishing in the being at home moments that I have yes. Uh, yes. before we pick up and, and get on uh, get on with the show. I just got back from uh, West Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, where I was announcing at the Equine Affair. And it was their 25th anniversary um, in West Springfield, which was really awesome. Um, I feel like everybody's having like big milestone anniversaries this year, like all these big events and the Federation. And it's pretty cool. Like apparently there was a lot of good stuff going on, um, you know. 25 30 50 years ago so yeah. um it's it's <laughs> and even and 10 years ago yeah there's a lot happening
1: yeah i love it yeah. so tell us about it for people i i have not been to equine affair in massachusetts i've been to the one in ohio but tell us a little bit about what is equine affair what did you do uh because it's a little bit outside what you normally do
2: well, you know, it is just a really cool event. So Equine Affair um, runs twice a year. There's one event that's in Ohio. There's one event that's in Massachusetts. And um, three and a half years ago, I got tapped um, to be the announcer for the expo that goes on, as well as the Fantasia, um, which is basically like 12, somewhere between 12 um, and like 14 at equine themed acts that are Mm -hmm. uh, threaded together and uh, and turn into like an evening performance and um, they've had amazing uh, amazing support from um, both the attendees um, as well as having amazing partners at absorbine um, that have made that all possible and it's really awesome just to see all different groups from the equestrian sphere come together in one place for the largest equine expo in North America. And there are literally like anything you can think of that has anything to do with horses or any of the adjacent industries, they're there. And it's kind of like a who's who of horse world um, all in one place. And so uh, the equine affair in in Massachusetts just had their 25th anniversary. And the next equine affair that's coming up will be in Ohio. And that's coming up on April 11th through the 14th um, of 2024. can't believe that's right around the corner. Um, and, it will be, and it's going to be their 30th anniversary in Ohio. Um, so they're wildly successful. I love being part of their team. I get to work with Roberta Williams, uh, our USDF president's, uh, wife. And, yep. um, I feel like I, I actually get to spend, um, a, a weekend. It, I was just laughing the other day cause I just got back from the CDIW in, uh, in thermal in California, uh, this past weekend, um, where I was announcing and and co-managing that show, and uh, and Noelle Williams was there because she's working on her judge training program, and uh, and then the week before I was in in Massachusetts with Roberta, and next week I get to be in Omaha with George, and probably the rest of the family will also be there. But right, I'm surrounded right. by the Williams family. Um, they are also it. movers and shakers. So they're yeah,
1: good, good people,
2: good people to be. Yeah, seen.
1: I love yeah. it. Yeah, you really have been busy. I I got lucky because the U.S. finals is you know, 10 minutes from my house. So it, it we, everyone was here. So, um, we had the developing clinic with, um, Allie Brock, and then we went right into the U S finals, uh,
2: which was phenomenal. So it's, you were so it's, lucky to have that like right in your backyard.
1: I know it's pluses and minuses, you know, I mean, I,
2: <laughs> it's
1: wonderful, but then, you know, I'm also trying to run my business. Um, and, and I did have a horse. He was actually an alternate and I, I coached uh, several people as well. So I did went on Thursday, which was actually our big day. Uh, that was when oh. was several, several people, and it was randomly, it was Thursday. I did kind of <laughs> tell my assistant, I was not coming home to ride the horses. I was like, act like I'm not here. Right. Uh, <laughs> here. <laughs> so, uh, I did ride, I did ride my FEI horse, but But uh, but that was it, and uh, I did act like I really wasn't there. So, uh, but it was a great. It was the ten year anniversary, of the U.S. finals, and uh, how crazy is that? No, I know.
2: Doesn't it seem? It it feels like it just started. I I swear, I remember it's been it's been (laughs) brewing for so long, and they finally made it happen, and now we're at ten years.
1: Ten years. Crazy. it's crazy. So that was really fun. Yeah, that was it was a great year. And the weather was perfect. There was like literally 30 minutes where it was kind of rainy. But other than that, it was beautiful. And the colors were you great. Know, and
2: yeah, it was great. I don't I don't know how it happened. But you know, I think we got really lucky, like coast to coast. I was at half of the regional championships this year, and wearing one hat or another either as an organizer, as yeah. announcer, or volunteer, whatever it was. And Everywhere we went, we had good weather, and we need to knock on wood right now, or knock on, or drink something, or, or do a happy all dance or something. But yeah, we got, yeah all the things <laughs> we got really lucky. And uh, I think the pictures that you see, like nationwide from finals and from all the regional championships, are stunning. Yes. Like it's just so cool. <laughs> it is gorgeous. I, don't know. I
1: know. I love it.
2: We deserved well, it. It's been, it's been did. a rough couple of years. So I think we were owed this.
1: I agree. <laughs> I agree. Like it was, it was really good. Well, um, you know, we're recording we're Tuesday of the week of Thanksgiving. So we've asked all our guests and I think everyone's going to get some laughs in the show about hearing about traditions for Thanksgiving. So I have to ask you like, what are you doing? Where are you going? What are you making? What's your favorite dish?
2: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> um, I love Thanksgiving. It's probably one of my favorite holidays. Um, and I, I love I love getting together with family. I love getting together with my friends. And it just seems like such, like, before, like, Christmas and, and the December holidays, it seems like this is the peaceful one, but it can okay. also be very exciting. So in my family, um, the number one item on the Thanksgiving table is our cranberry salad. And Ooh. I know that there's, I know there's some purists out there that like the cranberry from a tin can or or however you get it, um, yeah. and they want it like oh. they don't want any modifications. They just want like yeah. the real yeah. deal, and <laughs> there I'm, I'm not knocking that at all. But uh, I love our cranberry salad, and I might just throw that to the website so that people can have oh, a look at it. To, but it I is I
3: want to know, yeah,
2: it is Ratner family tradition, and it's one of those things I've been watching some of the food shows this week just because they're entertaining, and uh, and you see people putting mayonnaise and things that don't Ooh. should not have mayonnaise mayonnaise Ooh, and yeah. then i was i went back and i was grocery shopping last night for the items that go into the cranberry salad and i was like well yeah. some people would probably scratch their head at this we don't put mayonnaise in it don't worry that's not one of them I was um, just thinking, I was like, but what? uh one of the crunch factors that goes into it is celery and okay, yeah. i don't i guess when i think about it like Celery's in a lot of things. It's a good, it's yeah. a good vegetable that can get give some crunch in there. But it just seems like it's an oxymoron that you know. that why are we putting celery and then we're putting cranberries and um, then um, I hate to break it, but there's also Jello involved. Oh,
1: um, okay. Ugh, okay. So well, I, I, I know. I, I want to try
2: it. I know. It, it's it's so good. Maybe I'll bring you some. Uh, if I can stretch it, maybe I'll bring you some to convention next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not maybe too much stretching. Maybe I'll just make it. <laughs> I like
2: thinking, to cook. I'm so. think, I'm thinking dry ice and you know the fl- <laughs> the flights not that far. So yeah, we can I mean, make this work.
1: Intense. This but, is intense. Um, I love it. So I don't you know. guys like play games? Is there is there a tournament oh, yeah. of any sort? Yeah.
2: Well, so I, I think in my family, um, you know, we're all, we've always been, um, a fan of boggle and, oh. uh, I love our family loves word games. I think we probably did scrabble a while ago. Um, uh, but I grew up playing boggle with my family at the counter and that was kind of like the after dinner thing that happened. Is like, okay, clear the table, um, get the desserts all out. And then the boggle uh, box came out of the closet okay. and, uh, okay. Into the, like the wee hours of the morning, um, yeah. and it is very competitive. Um, and here, <laughs> I don't know I, Boggle. I think,
1: I've never okay, played well, Boggle. It's,
2: it's another word game, and it's like all these like letter cubes um, that are in a box, and it goes onto a grid, and you shake the Boggle board, and the letters fall into position, and then you have to make words out of them.
3: Oh, and, okay.
2: Um, I don't know. I love it. it it's it's fun. <laughs> And when we were little kids, we we used to um, we used to reposition the letters um, after the after you'd shaken the box, and um, and then all, then all the letters were facing the same direction, so it was a little bit easier. And then yeah. when we were when we were young adults, uh, my mom finally threw down the gauntlet and she said, "Yeah, so now <laughs> the way you actually play this game is you shake yeah. the bottle board and then you leave the letters where they are. So you have to oh. figure out what the words are whether they're upside down or sideways or whatever. It's way more challenging." So what's what's good in your family? What are you guys doing?
1: Well, my brother and uh, my sister-in-law, my two nieces are coming down from Michigan. Uh, So, and now all the kids are, I think we're ranging from 15 to 10. So now we're getting into like, you know, I think there's some uh, Taylor Swift friendship bracelets being made. <laughs> I think, yeah, there's gonna, we're painting things. Like now it's a little bit more activities. Uh, they like to oh. do dances. So uh, I'm sure there will be a theater production of some sort that, that the girls will will do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then we are doing like a paint party because my niece, it's her birthday last week. So uh, we always celebrate oh, her fun. birthday. Yeah, so we celebrate. We don't go there because it's li- literally right before Thanksgiving. And so they come down and and so uh, Friday is my niece's birthday celebration so we do cake and and we're going to the cut and paste paint place to to do things so Ooh. it should be really fun and that, that uh, like fun yeah the guys like um they smoke things and and there's football and I, <laughs> I love sports so I love football like I love that uh, it's just a really fun day my sister and I hopefully will get a we try to do a, a hack where we ride together for at least a few minutes, uh, which is fun. I I have a horse at my sister's farm, so I can go ride him this year. So that'll be super fun. So it's just a fun family day, a little bit of time. Um, The girls want to do some Black Friday shopping. So Mm. pray for me, everyone. (laughs) Take some teenagers to Black Friday. What could possibly go wrong?
2: No, Um, absolutely not. (laughs) That's a hard pass It'll be fine that's a hard pass on my end i prefer to do all the shopping (laughs) online and it's peaceful and there's lots of coffee (laughs) and maybe some adult beverages but lots of coffee what do you Um, say there's not
1: adult beverages when i take my nieces shopping
2: that's the scary part oh
1: my goodness but no it'll be it'll be great fun so i'm really looking forward to it and it's like you um you know we we do a quick turnaround uh and i leave uh uh, early, early in the week for convention. Cause USEF has their meeting before. So, um, Noah and I are on those committees. So we go a little bit earlier. Uh, so I okay. leave Wednesday for convention. So.
2: I will be headed out there on Tuesday morning, and I was chatting with my twin brother Evan uh, earlier today, and I found out that he is also going to convention, and oh. uh, and then we were we were comparing notes, and uh, and I was like, okay, well, you know, there's only so many flights that are going to Omaha from right. Portland, <laughs> and uh, so it turns out that uh, we're on the same flights. We had no idea we booked the same trip on the oh same day. Uh, so uh, the Ratner twins are coming to convention. So if you I see us, uh, we'll we'll I sign, sign some autographs. Uh, yeah. They're I
3: want to (laughs)
1: know I can't wait to meet him. I can't wait to meet him. Well, we're going to have lots of laughs at convention. Yeah, we're going to have lots of laughs together at convention. So we will update you guys uh, with all of that. But we have a great show. We're going to get into it because uh, uh, it's going to be a fantastic one. So we'll have a quick commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products and get the party started.
4: Frequently Asked Questions, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Question. My friend was telling me that supplementing with omega-3 fatty acids decreased the level of inflammation in horses with arthritis. Is this true? Answer. Yes. There have been several peer-reviewed studies that have shown that supplementation with the omega-3 fatty acids known as EPA and DHA will help support healthy levels of inflammation in the joints. The best source of EPA and DHA is fish oil. We often recommend adding a high-quality omega-3 fatty acid supplement, such as Kentucky Performance products, Contribute to the diet of horses who struggle with joint pain and stiffness. A KPP customer named Sarah recently posted a review sharing her experience with Contribute. She wrote, I recently swapped my Western dressage and cow horses over to the Joint Armor and Contribute. Astonishing results! My horses are moving beautifully with more impulsion and suspension in their gates. You can learn more about Contribute and Omega-3 fatty acids EPA and DHA at kppusa.com. Got questions about your feeding program? We can help. Email Karen at questions at kppusa.com or call us at 859-873-2974.
1: Well, tonight we are in for a real treat. We have the 2.0 version of the Pan Am gold medal team from Chile. We have Sarah Tubman and Christian Simonson. Hi to you both. Hello. hello. Uh, Hi, guys. (laughs) <laughs> well, we will start, Sarah. We'll start with you because uh, you are a veteran. You are also a gold medalist from the Pan Am Games. Oh, goodness, several years ago, and I can't remember the date. 2019. But <laughs> it's okay. was like, it was pre-COVID. When was it? So, Sarah, tell us about yourself and your wonderful horse, Apple.
5: So first, Apple and I have been together now actually since right before the 2019 Pan American Games. We found each other when he was a small tour horse. So I had the opportunity of riding small tour four years ago. Um, I think the Pan Am the first time was maybe only six or seven months after I had got him. So we were a new combination. And since then, Apple and I have been on a whirlwind of a journey to um, international Grand Prix together. He is my first really big time Grand Prix horse. So we've learned a lot, (laughs) learned a lot, um, but had some great experiences along the way. We've had the opportunity of going to Europe a few times um, and now uh, the amazing opportunity to be on an American team for the Pan Ams again this last year. So uh, yeah, we now I think know each other inside and out, and uh, and he's a, a a lovely stallion that kind of doesn't know he's a stallion. Uh, so he's <laughs> super fun to have, and um and I feel really fortunate to have such a, a cool horse as my partner.
2: That's amazing, Sarah. And I think I saw you guys at one of your first international outings together in Temecula. Uh, that must have been right before um, before your your first run at the Pan American Games. Is that right?
5: Yes, yes. So we are originally from California. So when we were making the run for the first Pan Am games, um, we did all of the selection trials in California. So it's Mecula, Burbank, all of those. So yeah, I think you are right. You probably <laughs> announced that one of my first CDIs with him. Um, I remember. so you yeah, have lot. A lot's happened since then, but um, it's been a crazy fun journey. I, I still pinch myself all the time when I think about the things we've been able to do.
2: I certainly remember that, and th- that, that horse is a memorable horse, and, uh, and you guys have had quite the journey together. Tell me about your connection with Jerry and Summit Farms and, uh, and how you and Apple came uh, to find this partnership together.
5: Yeah, so the short story of this long story is um I had a very large training business in Orange County, California, having over fifty horses in training. And a gentleman called me off of my website, like online, and said that he has always dreamed about riding dressage and wanted to be involved and wanted a dressage horse. Would I call him back? So I called him back and he was very interested in this Frisian horse. Um and I is an older gentleman that had never ridden dressage before, only done cutting. And so I was a little cautioning him about maybe a Frisian as his first horse. They're great horses, but they are very <laughs> hard to sit. So trying to teach someone how to sit the trot that's never sat the trot on a big moving Frisian, I mean, that's a little challenging. Um, so I kind of cautioned him a little and told me to send him videos. And so then the next day he called me back and said, well, kind of lied to you. I I already bought the horse. <laughs> so, okay. Um, <laughs> did you uh how's the vet check? And he said, what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, oh. we're, okay. We're starting really from the beginning. So um <laughs> that's kind of how Jerry and I's relationship started. The horse showed up and was a lovely horse and Jerry was an incredible, very humble man um that showed up every day and he said he wanted to learn from the bottom up, how to pick the horse's feet, how to clean the stall. He wanted to watch and learn um, and watch me ride the horse, but he wanted to learn every part of it. And he showed up in a kind of beat up Jeep in the same Quicksilver t-shirt with Levi's <laughs> on every day, very unassuming. Um, and, and I remember one evening after I had 50 horses in training, so there were some late evenings. Um, so one evening he had said, you know, Sarah, I have, I have ran... Huge companies, and I've never met anyone that works as hard as you. Why are you doing this? Funny, I ask <laughs> that
3: every day. <laughs> and I
5: said, and I said, well, you know, I don't come from money. I, you know, haven't married money, still haven't. Um, and uh, and oh, I said, "So that's I'm hard. Going to death." But, <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I that's not the point of it. Um, but uh, I said, "You know, my I ha- have to make this happen. I have a dream. I want to be on a team. I, I want to represent the United States. So I'm going to make horses and I'm going to make money and sell horses until I can afford to buy the horse of my dreams that will make this happen." I'm not. I'm not going to wait till someone like drops it in front of me kind of thing. Um, And I said, okay, well, if you ever need any help making your dreams come true, let me know. But I have to be honest. I had a lot of amazing supportive clients that said similar things. And so it didn't really register with me at the time. So I had gone to Europe to do a horse shopping trip for a sales horse and had found a nice Grand Prix horse. And I said, you know what, Sarah, just get brave. Go and you call every single one of your 50 clients (laughs) and you ask them for (laughs) $10,000, you know, just do it. And see what happens. The worst thing is they're all going to say no. And you know what, at least you tried. So I got brave. And the first person I decided to call was Jerry. And I had this whole spiel and I was shaking and nervous to ask, you know, like asking for money in general is not my thing. I don't like it. And uh, after I got done with my whole spiel, he said, okay. And I
6: said, okay.
5: Oh, <laughs> so like what Now what? And he said, okay, but <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. You don't need anyone else. And I mean, I think Aww. the phone almost dropped because I didn't really Aww. know that he was able to do and support like that. Just, I mean, I guess this is where you don't judge a book by its cover. And so the rest is history. That horse actually didn't work out, but that started the whole conversation of of starting this partnership together. So one thing led to another, and I found Apple actually on another buy, horse buying trip that wasn't meant to find Apple. And uh, and it's been magic ever since.
1: I love it. I love that story. You just got chills. It's fantastic. Well, Christian, I'm going to bring bring you in as well because I have known <laughs> you, and you've been coming on the show since you were a young rider. So uh, I was maybe a junior rider. I don't remember. And I just it was... St- Thrilled when you made the team. So, Kristen, can you um, introduce yourself to anybody that's new here in the show, and uh, we want to hear all about your story as well.
7: Yeah, that's gonna be a hard to follow. That, that story of Jerry always gets to me. Uh, <laughs> I know. I pretty, think we're all in. Christian, uh, Christian knew Jerry
1: too. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, you knew Jerry too. Yes. Oh, I. I knew yeah, well, Jerry love... when I
7: was uh, in California. Also, he's a really incredible man.
1: I love it. We they just love to honor people, especially here on the show now. So, uh, so Christian, tell us about yourself because you've been in this game now a long time as well.
7: Yeah, um, I'm Christian Simonson. I'm 20, 21 years old uh, from California. I have been a young writer and a junior just kind of coming up the ranks of dressage. And then this past uh, October, I was fortunate enough to be on a, a Pan American team with with Sarah and um yeah that's that's kind of how it is at the moment yeah now i'm hoping to the it's... u25
1: tell us about tell us about your horse
7: uh so i uh rode son of a lady at the pan american games he is like the ultimate energizer bunny i don't think i've ever seen him tired and he uh, we've had him for two years now um his plan was actually never to be a, a small tour horse he was supposed to be one that i was going to take some time and make into a u25 horse but He's just kind of come into the role. And after the first, you know, three months that we got him, he actually went to Aachen. He and I went to Aachen together um, and got uh, a podium in Aachen for the first yeah. time as, a, as an American. Um, and so <laughs> he's just kind of always been kind of been the wonder horse that could. And he's taking me all over the world. I've been really, really fortunate to ride him.
2: That's amazing. You know, um, it's, it's pretty cool that you had that opportunity in Aachen and to go on the, the European young rider tour. And then the next step, you find yourself at a major continental championship uh, representing the United States. How does that feel?
7: It was pretty exciting. I I think I was 13 or 12 or, or 14, maybe when I wrote, I have like all of my goals. Uh, I had to like for the next, my career, I wrote on like every goal that I have and, on i had like big goals and little goals and on the big goals i wrote down i wanted to make an olympic team a world cup team and a pan-american team and so it just kind of feels like a, a childhood dream come true to to be on that team but if i'm being completely honest it was just it was a blast it was so much fun i think the synergy we had as a team was one of the best teams i've ever been on um you know the camaraderie between all of us was was pretty amazing and yeah it was just it was just really really fun
2: so Christian, you're also, you're uh, on this four person team. Um, you're, you're the, the junior member of the team. Um, but you're also the only one riding the small tour and that's a fair amount of pressure because of the way that the Pan Am format works. Um, and it also meant that you were the first rider up center line for the U S what was the pressure like for you on that?
7: Yeah, I think there was, there was a fair amount of pressure, but, um, if I'm being completely honest, I was just pretty happy to be there. And I think I've been more nervous for when I was, um, uh, when I was at probably like a young rider competition, then this competition for some reason, I think that it's just like such an honor to be able to represent the United States and to be on a, a senior team like this. I mean, this was a plan to compete on this team. That was two years. From every show we were thinking about qualifying for this team. So to finally get there, I I just felt so excited and grateful that when it came to competition day, I, I had uh, the the pressure was was kind of a,
2: a privilege in a way. it's amazing. And it's, it's so cool that this was the outcome, you know, looking back at the scores and, and the, you know, the scoreboard for all of the competition down in the, in Santiago and seeing, you blew the competition in the small tour out of the water. You had 73, almost 73 and a half in the, in the present George, and you were well over 2% ahead of the next competitor in the, in the I one, you were almost 5% ahead of the, of the second place competitor. I mean, what, what what were your feelings? I mean, you you mm-hmm. you had this on your to do list. This was on your on your Olympic punch list, <laughs> and you just blew it out of the water. How how would you feel about it? I I just felt really
7: grateful. I, I it was just it was such an amazing feeling. And I don't know. I, I just it it just really felt uh, a little bit surreal. I would almost say. I mean, it really has been a, a childhood dream, like I was saying. And there's been a huge team that have been you know nurturing me, especially from the USCF, um and the whole pipeline they've been having me put on and. So to have uh, to be able to produce those kinds of results for the team, for my personal team and for Team USA, I just was so, so happy. And and I just could not uh, be more grateful to Sonny also for him putting on his A-game uh, day after day
1: while we were there. Oh, fantastic. It was fun to watch your guys's journey. So, Sarah, I wanted to ask you, talking from Christian last year or last time you in 2019, you did the small tour. What was it like to do the big tour? at this Pan American games? You know, um, it's, it was actually, it was very cool. It was not, uh,
5: you know, it wasn't a huge goal of ours this year to go to the Pan Am. It was, we had planned on just go and keep making your Grand Prix better and see what happens. Um, But I think it's, it's a very cool thing to have happened because I don't know if they're going to continue to have small tour offered in at the Pan American games. Um, but it, it is also great because when I went, um, we had a full team of small tour horses. We had no big tour horses on our team um, and we were all newbies and none of us had been to Europe and none of us <laughs> had represented the country. And so, you know, USEF does such a great job Developing us as riders and really thinking about the future, and I think that decision that they made that year for us and for myself to be on that team, and and again because our you know our senior riders and our our you know A list riders had had kind of secured our Olympic spot, so then they were able to use something like the Pan American Games to give us more exposure and give us the international experience and the traveling and the riding on the team. Um, I mean, it's just incredible. So riding this time, big tour, it was really special. It was fun. It uh, it was fun to be there again. And uh, I, I also feel very fortunate that in the last few years, since the last Pan Am, where I really was a real, real newbie, like I was telling someone I was and my first pan, I'm Christian, such a cool cucumber, but I mean, I was so freaking nervous, it was ridiculous. Um, I thought I was <laughs> at the Olympics, I mean, for me, it was the Olympics, you know. So here I am riding pre St. George Olympics four years ago. Um, and since then, um, I again through USEF and you know, my team kind of setting us up um, for success and for the future have been able to go over to Europe and ride at Aachen. And I mean, I know Christian can probably second this. Once you ride at Auckland, nothing is scary. Nothing. Nothing yep. is scary. You <laughs> <too> often, <laughs> you're yep. fine. And that was our kind of <laughs> mantra going into this, you know, because there's always this pressure. You want to do the best for your country and for your team. You know, I... Drew the anchor spot, which I am so fortunate and I would love to be that spot anyway. But that's what I kept saying. I was like, Sarah, you've been at Auckland. Like you warmed up with Isabel. Like this is nothing. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> you <know>? So <laughs> after you do that show, then you are set for life. <laughs> so this year was really special. Um, the only thing that was one of the main differences this year, opposed to in 2019, is my sponsor Jerry, who I spoke about earlier, is no longer with us. He passed away tragically, uh, probably not even six months after the last Pan American Games, um, suddenly. And uh, that was heartbreaking. And, um, you
6: know, this was his dream. And I still cry to say, (laughs) you said, I'm sorry.
5: So (laughs) part of what we did, and I put a little thing on Instagram because I don't think everyone can see it when you're on live stream, But um, we had little uh, pins or like brooches made. And so I was able to ride with Jerry at uh, Mm -hmm. this Pan American game. So that was really special. And, you know, his family has been super supportive. And, you know, it's a scary thing to have happen. You know, the owner of your horse to suddenly pass away. That kind of, we had this whole plan set up. So, so special that the Ibanez family um, who owns Summit Farm has continued to support me and these horses. And I'm just so grateful um, I always say it's kind of like unfortunately it's kind of like inheriting a so- like if I inherited a soccer team. I mean, yeah, it's kind of cool, but <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, that's how do you learn to get excited about a soccer team. Okay, you know? So I am so appreciative to this family that has really stepped up and they're so excited. And his grandson was able to come who's kind of the heir to everything, um, along with a couple of the other family members. So it was really special to have then there so um yeah. yeah just super fortunate
2: oh that that's heartwarming and it's 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 bittersweet and i think that he would be so proud of the accomplishments that you've you've made and and what um a tremendous height you've taken this horse to so uh it's it's amazing that you're able to ride for jerry and, and i saw that and uh got a little choked up myself um yeah, and yeah. I, I think that <laughs> Uh, you have you have a special connection to that horse. And, and I'm, every time I see you guys go up center line together, um, it makes me smile. So
5: oh, Christian, yeah. thank you,
2: Christian. You got to go to the Pan American Games. You landed in Santiago and I happened to be scrolling through one of my social media feeds and I saw the <laughs> unboxing of Team USA swag. Tell me what it was like <laughs> to open something that said Team USA. And that meant you. What was that like?
7: Um, it was pretty awesome. Uh, I must say that the team USA swag that we had, I was so excited. Um, they had like, when we were in training camp, they gave us a little preview of it. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is going to be the coolest stuff ever. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, of course I, I was still while I was opening it, but I think when you, when you see that, you know, we see the tag, that says like Christian Simonson, Pan American athlete, you know, division equestrian. It's you feel real. Like you're yes. yeah. Yeah. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is real. And you're like, I, I'm an athlete. This is awesome. And, and, and you really feel like you're a part of, of team USA, you know, along with every other discipline, like, uh, you know, gymnastics, boxing, swimming, rowing, surfing. And yeah, you just, you just feel this huge sense of, of unity with all the other sports. And also you feel very patriotic and, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool feeling.
2: Were there any athletes that you were looking forward to seeing, or that you knew were coming, either within the horse world or outside, uh, for any of the other Pan Am sports that you got to see?
7: Yeah, I uh, briefly watched uh, surfing a little bit, but they they did okay. And then on the equestrian side, I've been following the um, the jumping team because so they were under some serious pressure, and it was it's been uh, it was really impressive to watch them go and kind of climb themselves out and you know, do what they need to do, which just qualify uh, for gold for Paris. So that was that was a pretty almost like blockbuster uh, series of days to watch. It, it, was, it was really, really
2: cool. It was it was a stellar performance uh, for USA in in Santiago, and it was so exciting to see both of you guys succeeding. Um, you didn't get to ride your freestyle in Santiago, but uh, tell us about that ride and, and the music and your floor plan um, and when we get to see you do it next.
7: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't get to ride the freestyle, but in all honesty, um, you know, Sonny was still feeling good. And the next day we got to practice some, some Grand Prix movements. So that, that kind of made, made my day. Um, <laughs> he was, or he had a break and then, and then we got to, he was so fresh that we had to ride him and he was like, let's do it. Um, but, so I, I don't know if I will, uh, ever unveil that freestyle because of course now we're, we're hopefully knock on wood going to the U25. Um, so maybe on a, on another small tour horse, but it was, Um, I will take some of the movements from that freestyle and hopefully put it into a U25 test, or U25 freestyle, because it has some really cool movements. It has uh, double pirouettes to lines of twos, and so hopefully we'll make them lines of twos and ones. And just some things that I think really highlight uh, things that Sunny does well. So hopefully I'll take um, bits and pieces and kind of make it into something new and exciting.
1: Yeah, Kristen, can you just do me a favor? Explain why you didn't ride the freestyle. So, if people are like, "Why didn't you ride the freestyle?" it's a little bit confusing in a team in, in team environment. So, can you just explain that to the listeners?
7: Yeah, no problem. So, so I uh, unfortunately didn't get to ride the freestyle because if all, what was it, Terry? If all top, if all yeah. top fifteen members yeah, there's are there's a rule <laughs> the small tour rider has to be dropped in favor of the Grand Prix riders. It's kind of how it went. Right. Um, yeah. So that, that was kind of the reason. So because every basically because everyone in team USA rocked <laughs> they it. They did well. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they just, they just happened to pick uh Grand Prix writers instead, which, was a huge, also was a blast for me because I got to watch everyone go. Um yeah. And so I honestly paint was just... And with
5: face paint and the fun, all kinds of decorations yeah. on
7: it. I got to go all out and, you know... It's very and, patriotic. And, and yes, I, I see exactly. that. Exactly. And, 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 um, and, you know, Sonny was still feeling amazing after it and he had two incredible days. So for me, it was like... Right. You know, I had two amazing days. I had this like childhood dream come true and I get to wear face paint the next day and cheer on my team. <laughs> 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 yeah, was,
1: your pressure was, was off. I, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that, that everything was fine. It was just, it was we did so well as a team that you had to step back. So uh, yeah. It's a but good thing yeah, for you. The yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Well, Sarah, you had a second place finish in the Grand Prix. You had a third place finish in the Grand Prix special. And then the pressure was on for individual medals on on the freestyle day. But we had two Americans finish in the top five in the freestyle. Um, Tell us about your freestyle. And you have a pretty bold pattern, a a solid floor plan that starts with a start value of 9.16. Tell us about your freestyle.
5: So I have been using the same freestyle actually now um, through last year. So um, it's a a fun freestyle to recognizable music that all of the time gets the crowd going and clapping a little bit. Um, I really love my freestyle because we were able to design it um, to really highlight what uh, Apple is really good at. And um, in the beginning, we were using it really to help build its confidence in the Grand Prix. So, um, it's fun. I do twos on a circle into a very difficult line of, of half passes. Um, same, I do a, a double pirouette into one Tempes. Um, there's some fun Piaf Passage in there and, um, it's just a really fun freestyle to ride. Um, I was so happy with Apple's performance. I mean, he showed up, we had personal best, in the Grand Prix and the Grand Prix Special, which is what we've really been working on the last like six months prior. This whole summer. So that was a huge highlight for me with some of the best scores in our gas work that we've ever received. And I was so happy with him in the freestyle. He was a little tired, so we missed our one tempies. And so that kept us right off of the podium. But I couldn't be more happy for my teammate, Anna Merrick. I mean, that girl worked her butt off and um, she rode the wheels off her horse. So she deserved that place up there. And I was super happy for her. Um, like Christian said, it's It was a really special team atmosphere. Um, I've had the opportunity to be on other teams, um, Nation's Cup teams and Pan Am teams, and it's not like this normally. (laughs) So it was really (laughs) special and really nice to have four people that really became friends at the end of this and just happy and cheering each other on. I mean, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure if you came down our bar now, you wouldn't know that we were at the Pan <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so that made it really fun. Um, and, and just a really great group of people with talented horses and super grooms, you know? So um, that was a great experience.
1: It looked like a great experience and we can't thank you both for, for always, you're always so generous with your time with us here at the dressage radio show. We love it. So we're going to wrap, but Sarah, I'm going to have you, if you don't mind to tell us all your contact and then Christian yours as well. So Sarah, if you could wrap us up.
5: Yes. So if you want to hear more about some of my Pan Am experiences any cool sales horses I have or just follow me on my day-to-day training with myself and my clients and my horses. You can check me out on my website www.sldressage.com or Instagram at sldressage or Facebook, Sarah Lockman Tubman. the only one I've changed. Um <laughs> so <laughs> hope you guys there, go ahead and follow me and I'd love to hear from you if you guys have any
1: questions fantastic christian do you mind to give us all your contact info
7: yeah um to follow on my my journey it's uh just christian.simonson on um, instagram and facebook and uh everything in between and uh my website's also uh, christiansimonson.com um and yeah it'd be uh
2: hope hope you can follow along on the journey
1: well thank you so much to you both
2: wishing you guys great success in the year ahead and onwards to paris
8: Welcome to Horse Insurance 101 by Fry's Equine Insurance at frysequineinsurance.com.
0: Glenn here, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning. One of the most requested segments we've gotten from listeners is about insurance for your horse and your farm. Susan Straser is here from Fry's Equine Insurance and has been helping us with a five-part series on insurance, helping us all understand what we are buying and what we need. If you missed the last four segments, if you missed the last three segments, we discussed horse mortality and health insurance, liability and farm insurance, and you can find them all at horse radio network.com slash insurance. If you missed any of them, the players are right there. It's very easy for you to go take a listen. Today we discuss examples of claims and how to process them and what you're going to need, all the details. So Susan, let's start with the basics of filing a claim.
8: Very good, Glenn. Um, you know, anyone who has insurance long enough is going to have to file a claim. And the best way to navigate is to know some of the things that, that'll that make the process easier for yourself and for the people that you're working with. So my suggestions would be is, first of all, report your claim right away. So if you're dealing with a policy on your horse, um, there is a requirement in the policy that you report any accident, sickness, or disease even if you're not going to make a claim for reimbursement. So our rule of thumb is typically uh, the second time you called the vet on the same incident is probably the time that you need to be contacting your insurance agent.
0: Oh, so even Uh, if if you're you're not filing a claim, you contact you. um,
8: Yes. Yes. Very good. Yes. We need to um, get your adjuster involved. So we make sure that everyone's making good choices for the horse. Um, Now, if you are filing, um, or if you have a liability incident, which is injury to a third party or to their property, you should contact your agent or policy claim department immediately to give any relevant, relevant information, the who, what, when, where, um, and never negotiate with an injured party. Or commit to them that the insurance company will pay any costs because this is up to the insurance adjuster to determine what is covered or not covered, or even if you're liable for that payment. Now, for a farm claim, which is typically your property coverage, uh, you do need to assess damage and then call your agent or the policy claim department to report the damage. And then the claim adjuster will determine if it is a covered loss within your policy. So once you've um, reported the claim, your next step will be gather any documentation to substantiate the the damage or cost of repair or the um, health uh, costs associated with the horse. So for your horse insurance, the company will be looking for vet reports and itemized bills, because then they will go through and determine what's covered or what's not covered. And then they will let you know on that. Uh, In a liability incident, you want to write down the details of what happened, who was hurt, or if their property was damaged, the dates of the incident, and any witnesses. Doing this right away will help you to remember the details as the process is underway, because you may not... Um, have to have an interview with somebody right away. So you want to keep everything um, in writing so it keeps your memory uh, fresh. Now for a farm claim or a property claim, the adjuster will come out and he will let you know his assessment of the damages and give you an estimated cost of repairs. If you disagree with him, then you can obtain estimates um, on your own and present this information for additional review Um, But with that, you will also need to uh, try to stop any further damage from occurring. And then the last bit of advice is work with your adjuster. In most cases, you're going to be assigned an adjuster to resolve the claim issue. Um, Your agent, which would be me in this case, does not have the authority, um, nor do I have access to all the specific information to be able to give you advice on whether something is covered is not covered. I can answer general questions. Um, On the other hand, if you're having issues with your claim process, then it would be appropriate to call your agent and ask them to intervene for you.
0: I think that's a good overview. Let's go into a little more specifics on the different types of policies. Let's start with mortality and medical claims.
8: Okay. Um, With mortality and medical, the The biggest mistake we see is that the owner doesn't always report the accident or the sickness at the onset. And it's understandable because a lot of times you're dealing with a stressful situation. You're trying to get your horse to the vet or get the vet out to you, but it is important to get your claims adjuster involved so they can answer any questions concerning coverage for different procedures. Um, And you should know up front whether something is going to be covered or not. The vet may recommend a particular treatment or a course of action, and you just want to make sure that you understand the limits in your policy, uh, you know, how much is going to be reimbursed to you and and how does that reimbursement process works so that you know up front how this is going to play out. Um, Keep in mind that mortality and medical policies are one-year policies. And what that means is each year they're going to start over. So the company can add exclusions to your medical or mortality or both coverages each time the policy starts over. So you may have an illness that is a recurring that was covered on your last policy but this time there's an exclusion and they're not going to pay. You still have to have the horse treated, but you may not get reimbursement. This is why it's very important every year to read over your policy to make sure that you understand any limitations. Now, in the event that you have to make the most difficult decision of whether your horse needs treated or whether um, you have to have them euthanized, you want to know where the company stands um, on payment of that claim. For example, we had a client many years ago who um, did not believe that a horse ever fully recovered from a colic surgery. And he said he would never put his horse through that. Well, unfortunately, the horse did suffer a severe colic, vet recommended surgery, and the owner opted not to do it. Um under that circumstance, the company did not pay, his mortality claim, because most policies state that you have to do whatever is necessary to save your horse. So again, this is why it's very important to understand what is your responsibility in the event of a sickness or an accident with your horse, um, and to know what treatments will be covered, won't be covered. And it's also very important for the owner, the vet, and the adjuster to be communicating with each other so that... um, each one of those people within that decision will be aware of the limitations of the policy and what is best for the horse. Because in the end, the companies wants what's best for the horse.
0: All right. That I mean, you explained that very well. Well done. All right. So liability claims, which I think is a trickier area.
8: Yes. Liability claims. Um, come up when a third party is injured, or their property is damaged. So your policy is de- designed first to defend you if someone brings a claim against you, and then they will pay up to the limits of your policy if you are found negligent. Now, the company can opt to pay, say, medical bills or damage, say, to a vehicle or your property without the injured party having to file a lawsuit. But this is the the discretion of your insurance adjuster and the insurance company. You should never try to negotiate a claim payment on behalf of the company. Um, So you don't want to ever promise payment or, hey, we'll take care of all of this. Um, You just need to let your adjuster do his job and uh, get all the information together that he needs To fully understand what is going on. So um, another important aspect is to understand who is an insured underneath your liability policy. So your your policy is going to provide defense for you as the owner of the policy, but it typically also covers your employees and even volunteers while they are acting within the scope of the duties for you. So that would mean if it was your employee who caused a liability incident, your policy will defend you as owner of the property or owner of the business and also the employee who is acting on your behalf. Um, And that's important to know. So because if it's not an employee, let's say I have an independent instructor who comes out to your property, you want to make sure that they have liability coverage for their operation and that policy needs to name you as an additional insured so that you have liability coverage under their policy if they cause the incident. So in all policies, there's going to be a section that's called who is an insured. Just take a few minutes to read that over to make sure that you understand um, who's covered and, um, and who isn't covered
0: and finally property claims and you know we had a couple of our listeners post on social media asking about are their tractors covered and things like that um, and we did address that when we talked about uh, farm policies uh, but let's in, in relation to claims let's talk a little bit about buildings and equipment sure
8: so property claims are when a house building or equipment, listed on the policy are damaged by a covered loss. So Glenn, I understand people asking those questions because a lot of people think that when they have a barn coverage covered, that anything in that barn is automatically covered. So if they store their tractors in there, they assume that it's going to be covered underneath the barn insurance, and that is not the case. So anytime that you need something specific covered, you need to list it on your policy. So, and that's something that's important to go over with your agent. There are different ways that they can be listed.
0: Okay, because things so, like tractors, which are not cheap anymore. <laughs> so, oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it is important you have to think about that because you're spending thirty to $50,000 on a tractor now. Uh, oh, exactly, yeah.
8: exactly. And and so that's why, you know, we'll get specific information to make sure that we know what tractors are covered and and we want you to understand um, how they're covered as well. So it's very important to have discussions with your agent when you buy a new piece of equipment or you put up a new building. You need to call your agent. You need to report it so they can get it on your policy for you. Now, most insurance policies are not going to cover wear and tear to your property. So if you've got a barn with an older roof and it starts leaking, um, just due to the wear and tear of weather um, and age, uh, that's not going to be covered under your insurance policy. Uh, we're looking more for um, the coverage if, if wind or, or um, you know, ice or something has done some uh, damage to it. Uh, so again, know what your policy says, know what's covered so that when the damage comes, you're, you're not surprised. So, and that is typically what causes uh, damage to um, property is usually a storm. So, what's important is after a storm comes through, take some time to go out, check your house, check your barns for leaks in the roofs, in the walls, around fireplaces. Um, and if you do find any leaking happening, do your best to stop any further damage. So, you know, tarp a roof or or cover up any maybe openings in the siding of the barn, but do it safely. If you can't do it yourself, if it's not safe to get up on a roof, then call a company in to help help you with that, because you don't want further damage to occur if you can help it. So basically what will happen is uh, an adjuster will come out. He'll take an assessment of the damage and he'll uh, give you an estimate of what he believes it's going to cost to repair it. They do research based on your area and and cost of labor and materials there and if for some reason you don't agree with what your adjuster said, you can always get your own estimates and then work with him to come up with, with, a, with a good amount. Um, if you have to have repairs done before your adjuster can come out, uh, be sure that, that the contractor is taking pictures and taking notes before and after the repair, because you'll need to be able to show the adjuster exactly the condition that it was in and what was done um, to to repair it. So he can determine whether it's a covered uh, cause of loss on your policy or not. You know, another big thing that we see that people don't understand all the time is farm policies and most homeowners policies are not gonna cover flood damage. So if you live in an area that is prone to flooding or in a floodplain you need to get a separate policy to cover for um, loss or damage due to a flood. Now, having said that, a lot of policies have what's called, and it goes by various names, but it's called backup of sewer and drains. So let's say you've got a sump pump in your basement and it is um, having troubles keeping up and you get that backup into your basement, you could have coverage for that, but it's important to know upfront what what is the coverage and what the limit is. Some companies will offer a, a tier so that you can buy more coverage than the standard. Uh, so if you have a finished basement, make sure that that limit is going to provide you with the protection that you need. Um, now, I understand that insurance policies can be cumbersome to read, but it is very important to review it each year and know your limits of coverage. So as an insurance agent, I look at my farm policies every year and I update what we call replacement cost worksheets, which gives us an idea of what it would cost to replace a house or a barn um, in your particular area. And I make sure that your policy is keeping up with those values so that you don't fall below the um, a, a certain percentage of the replacement cost and incur a coinsurance penalty if there's a partial claim. But you need to know, you need to look at it, you need to decide do you need to address those issues? Have you done updates to your house? Have you um, updated the barn, maybe put in new stalls or added on to the building? Because all these things can affect values. And you want to make sure that if there's a claim, that you've got a good value so that you're not paying more than your deductible out of pocket.
0: Sounds good. Thank you for all of that. And if you're interested in getting a quote for your horse farm or liability, give Susan a call at 614-875-3711 or send an email from the website and the website is friesequineinsurance.com. That's friesequineinsurance.com. And to hear any section over again, if you miss something, you can go to horse. Radio network.com slash insurance. We have one more monthly segment that we're going to do, and that one is. How to file for a policy in the first place. So we're going to end with that. So, and I know you've gotten some calls from listeners. Don't be afraid to call and ask questions. That's why Susan's here. That's why she's doing all of this. Uh, and, you know, we all have questions on, and I just, we just bought a new tractor and I have a question on that too. So is, don't be afraid to give Susan a call. That's why she's here and she doesn't bite. It's okay. So That's right. Give and, her call.
8: and our job as an agent is to make sure you understand the policy that you're purchasing, and to help guide you to buy the right policy for what your needs are.
0: Fry's Equine
2: We are on track tonight to talk to three awesome superpowers. Well, I guess technically four, but three awesome interviews uh, with people that are driving forces in our sport. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show tonight, to the Dressage Radio Show, the wonderful Miss Anne Sushko. Welcome.
6: Oh, thank you Noel, very much.
2: It is so exciting to have somebody that is such a mover and a shaker in our sport. And um, in my family, uh, we used to call my mom the mega mom. And that's how I see you is kind of the mega mom of our sport, because you are an organizer. You're a regional director. You're a show manager. You're a show secretary. You're a technical delegate. You are the mother to a USDF medalist. You are a grandmother to USDF medalists. I mean, I don't actually know anything in the sport that I can think of that you don't do. And this year, you also got to be uh, on the organizing committee for the World Cup Finals in Omaha. And most recently, you just got back from Santiago, Chile. So um, I have so many questions that I'd love for our, our listeners to get to hear about. Um, but tell me, what's the highlight of your year so far?
6: Oh, as, as far as the shows go, I think... It's hard. It's hard to say because they've all been so different and unique in themselves. I really, basically, I think I would rate um, my involvement at finals in Lexington um, just recently one of my highlights because there I got to see so many competitors from throughout the United States that I and have been in contact with as a show secretary or as a technical delegate and to celebrate with them all of their um accomplishments from training level all the way up through grand prix so and to work with just a fantastic group of volunteers there's no greater joy in my life than working with other people who love the sport and Being at finals with so many people from throughout the United States who just give of their time so willingly and travel from all over the place um, at their own expense, um, it just brings joy to my heart and just really shows how much dressage is thriving in the United States, right from training level all the way up through the top levels of our sport.
1: And and I got to see you several times in the finals, and we were so blessed this year with great Kentucky fall weather. That was awesome. But I, I did feel this year was even more special because it was 10 years of the U.S. finals. And uh, it was so cool to see the same volunteers and a lot of the same faces. And everyone had, I think, a really good show this year. Uh, I, thought that, I thought that that was a phenomenal U.S. finals.
6: Oh, yeah. I it. I couldn't believe it was 10 years ago that it started um, It was my first involvement with it was that very first year um, as a scribe for four days um, and got to work with Horse Show Office and Kevin Bradbury with that. But then I can't even remember when the weather was like that. I no. <laughs> My raincoat only came out for like half an hour. Um, and other years I've been soaked to the skin numerous days. So um, yeah. this was great. And it was, it was just a wonderful show.
1: I do think I saw you in that half an hour. That was when I saw you because we were both in photos. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that well, was a half an hour. That was half an hour. It didn't <laughs> happen. <laughs> and we're, yeah, we won't
3: yeah, talk yeah.
1: about that. Yes, that was actually it was for the uh, first level freestyle uh, uh, open. a yeah. First level freestyle. Yeah, we were we were in, <laughs> but it was so good, yeah, and we, we were kind of laughing about it. But it did it did warm yeah. up pretty quickly. It I love did. it. The sun
6: came out, and there was no snow, so that was a blessing right there. No snow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was. It was. Well, and as we kind of look uh, toward going to the USDF convention, what are some things that you're looking for uh, that will happen there, and kind of telling our listeners about what happens at convention?
6: Convention is something not to be missed. When people say they don't want to take the time to convention, I'm just floored. It is probably one of the best experiences I've ever had as far as being involved in the sport. It was convention actually um, that got me excited about being involved um, with our sport. I just remember the very first time I went, I was actually walking through one of the waiting areas. I was waiting for my daughter to get out of a meeting and this very kind lady um, and a gentleman were sitting at a table, and I was just standing there with my suitcase, and she turned and looked at me and said, are you here for the convention? And I said, yes, I am. Um, and she said, why don't you sit down and have a glass of wine with us? And I looked at her, and I thought, hmm, she looks so familiar. Oh, my goodness, it's Lilo 4. And she didn't know me from Adam, and so she said, "No, no." And I said, "No, no, I don't want to intrude." Um, and she said, "No, no, come and sit with us. This is Mr. Rockwell, and I'm Lilo Four, and we want you're here for a convention, and we want you to sit down and have a glass of wine." And I have never forgotten that that welcoming Aww. feeling of you know just sharing the joy of the sport. So there was you know the FEI level judges inviting. Little Ann Sushko from Iowa, who rides at training level, um, to sit down and talk about our sport. Omaha, this year, with it being the 50th anniversary of USDF, I can't help but be excited about it. Omaha's a great city. Um, region 4 is the best region. and as I know. Easy, easy. <laughs> now, 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 be, be nice. Um, that was a word. It's, It's just a wonderful place. And now we're back to a full convention with lots of educational sessions, so many opportunities for people to sit down and talk face-to-face and hear ideas. You know, we haven't had that for a number of years now with COVID. Mm -hmm. And this being the anniversary year, why not come and celebrate with us? Yeah. Yeah, for
2: sure. You know, I, I think I think it's exactly what you said, Anne, is that, um, you know, it, it, it's so crazy that we spend so much time in competitions and in traveling and everything. And that, you know, we get to convention and you get to see people outside of the barn and it's almost right. foreign. And all of a sudden you're talking with somebody and you're like, I know I know them. And or you hear them, you hear them talking in a forum or in, in one of the educational seminars. Um, and it's so great to to just be able to like have a casual conversation with somebody, um, you know, at one of these shows. And then at convention, we actually have time to connect with them. And, uh, and I love that that's something that that brings our community together. Um, and the 50th anniversary of USDF is, is just such a special milestone. Um, I, I have to ask you, because you've been doing this for a minute. How, how many years have you been a member of USDF?
6: Um I have no idea. <laughs> I really I really don't know. I don't want to give a number. Um, oh,
2: come on. I, I, no, that's, something, I, that's something to be proud of. <laughs>
6: I know, but no, I really have I have no idea. Um, when you get to my age, you sort of lose perspective of time. Um, I joined I joined USDF, I joined a GMO under the advice of Lois Hierdahl who was my first dressage instructor, and she was giving clinics at our barn, and we were talking, and she said, well, if you're interested in the sport, you need to join the GMO, and we talked about that, and honestly, I'm a joiner. I like to join organizations and support them, Um, and being a volunteer is what I grew up with. I mean, it was just expected in our family that you volunteered that you know, if you have a time and you have the talent, then you give it back to, to others who, you know, and help them bring them along. I love that. Yeah. It would have been a long time ago because we started working with Lois. Let's see. My daughter would, would have been about 12. So she's 42. So it's probably been 30 years or so (laughs) that I've been involved with it. Yeah. It's been a good
7: ride,
1: huh? It's been a good run.
6: it's It's been a great run. And I, you know, honestly, I'm, you know you mentioned my daughter but she's the one who got me involved in this um so i lay all the blame on her as far as all of the time that i spend with well and your
1: daughter we love her too she's also a regional director heather peterson so you guys have right. a huge you guys have been such a huge part of the sport and the governance and seeing dressage improve and and mature in the united states and and she'd um, say I,
2: and she'd say she has the best region too so yeah, you're, yeah, we're, in a three, we're in a three-way <laughs> fight for that now <laughs>
1: well know, we might be like, arguing
6: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll be we'll be arguing that i know but being the older uh person out of the trio um i think i'm probably going to win
2: that battle <laughs> so. I, I, I yield the floor, Madam. Yeah. Okay, thank you <laughs> well, very much. speaking of your wonderful daughter, who is a dear friend of mine, um, the Region Five Director Heather Peterson, um, you two had quite the journey uh, to the bottom of the planet um, okay. to go to the to go to the Pan American Games as volunteers. Uh, tell us a little bit about your time in Santiago.
6: Oh, that was just such a delight. Um, we actually, I'm. I'll lay that blame on Janet Foy, who is a dear friend of the family, um, and she was heavily involved. And she invited Heather and I four years ago to um, scribe at the Pan Am Games when they were in Peru, and had a great time. And so um, it was quite fun when she contacted us in July of this year to see if we wanted to um, repeat the experience in Santiago. Santiago um, and Chile was just such such a delight. You know, I think so many times in the United States, we start looking at what we have and we're so privileged in our sport. And sometimes I think we take for granted what we have. In Chile, it was just a delight to see the sheer joy that especially the athletes from South America had in the privilege of being there. The other scribes who were involved um, were all from Chile. They were a delightful, delightful group of young women that we got to talk with um, and and get to know. Uh, The people were so very welcoming. It was so joyful to see um, the huge, huge smiles of the competitors as they came down center line. Um, They just were so celebratory and so... Um, thankful and grateful to be there um, the whole time. The experience was one that I will never forget. Um, It was so very, very positive. Um, The the people were so welcoming. I can't speak highly enough of it. It, I would definitely go back to Chile. They were wonderful.
2: I feel the same way, um, you know. Hearing you talk about um, Santiago and and the people there, I was following your your journey on social media and and Heather's journey as well. And I, the the word that keeps coming to mind is pride. And from the point where they greeted you guys at the airport to the point that you made it to the venue and your accommodations and everything, it just seemed like there was so much pride in the country and the pride to be the hosts of the event. And uh, and I, that that just seems so impressionable, and I'm I'm glad to hear that that was the sentiment that you had uh, being, you know, on the journey yourself.
6: And I I'm glad that you used that word pride because that describes it to a T. I and mean, we stepped off the airplane and a, a delightful young woman greeted us by name. She had our photos, which we found out later. That's how she knew who we were. Uh, but you know, <laughs> just sheer pride everywhere you went. They were proud. The hotel where we stayed, they were just so proud to have everyone there from all over the world. And it was just just a, a wonderful experience. I'm so glad that um, that mm-hmm. Janet offered us that opportunity. <laughs>
2: I can't help but feel that same uh, that same emotion as we are a week away from the USDF annual convention in Omaha is I keep telling people over and over again how excited I am to go back to Omaha this year yes. it, we had such a great, we had such a great time at the World Cup Finals um, and the the Omaha Foundation did such a great job welcoming us to the city I'd never been there before and um, and all that I could feel was this pride for this city and and to be bringing the world to that part of the country and now we get to bring conventions there, um, what is it? It's, it? There's something in the water there in Region Four.
6: <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> I I really feel it's that Midwest pride, that Midwest sense of camaraderie, the Midwest sense of of um, self awareness, and wanting to share what we have here. I'm always appalled in many ways when. You know, I'm sitting in a meeting, and someone said, "Oh, you're from the Midwest," or "Oh, we're going to Omaha," you know, with like a, a tone of disdain in their voice um, when they've never been here and they don't know what it's like. It's it's just very welcoming. I I think we do take a lot of pride in our region, and we have some great riders, we have great horses, and we have great instructors and trainers, and it's going to be a top notch um, convention for sure.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I there's totally a lot right. of things. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of things to do there too. Uh, when we were there for the world cup, I, I don't think the zoo will be open, but the art museum is fantastic. There's great food. I think amazing Cirque food. Soleil, yeah. Amazing mm-hmm. food. Cirque du Soleil, is in, town. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cirque Soleil yeah. is in town. So there, there are tickets available for that. So there's actually a lot going on, uh, which is phenomenal. So I love well, it. And Cirque du Soleil well, is it's right there. It's
6: right, right oh, at really? the hotel, you know, you just yeah, it's the at the CHI health center. A walkway. Yes. Yeah, That's the yep. health center. just like world cup was. So you just cross a walkway and you're right <sighs> there.
1: Oh, yeah. fabulous. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a great town. There's lots going on there and it's walkable and it was safe. Uh, you know, I, we had a, we had a great time. We, we had a blast there. So I, I also know about Omaha. It's a, it is a kept secret for sure. Don't forget to bring your coats though because it yeah. is oh, it is going to be the end of
6: November, <laughs> early December. So it could be cold, but it could be very nice as well, because it was sixty
2: here the other day. So that was Sage nice. advice.
6: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and we are we are just on the tip of uh, of Thanksgiving here. And then by the time our listeners hear um, all of the amazing stories and all of our guests um, that we had the p- privilege to interview tonight, we will probably have already had Thanksgiving. But tell us uh, what the highlight of your Thanksgiving will be. And are there any special items, uh, whether it's food or games uh, that make it to the, to the Thanksgiving celebration in your family?
6: Well, honestly, this year, Thanksgiving is going to be very quiet at my house, having been in Chile and then only having been home for a few days and then going to finals um, and then heading to convention. And then I'm giving in this year to pressure. I'm, I'm going to use the word pressure from my dear daughter. I will leave shortly after Christmas for three months in Florida to spend with her. Uh,
1: i'm excited because okay. that means i get to spend time with you too so yeah, so, so that
6: so thanksgiving um i'm hoping we will see me finalizing the plans for transporting a horse to florida and uh wow. getting my dog yeah. ready oh, yeah. to go it. <laughs> it's gonna be worth it it's gonna be so fun yeah. oh i know I it'll it. be fun um and it's a, it's a different horse for me. It's not my horse that I'm taking because my horse decided to pull a suspensory. So he's on the injured Uh. reserve list. Uh. Um, but Uh. yeah, it'll, yeah, it's my plan is to get all the leaves up out of my yard and (laughs) just enjoy a quiet time and, and finish a book that I've been working on.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love it. So are you guys, are you cooking dinner or do you have a special dish that you like?
6: Well, no, it's just me um, after my husband died a few years ago. But um, I did today at the grocery store get the fresh cranberries so I can make cranberry sauce. Yeah. I love the fresh
5: cranberries.
6: Oh, I love it. Yeah, so fresh cranberries and then probably... That should be it. And then a nice long walk along the riverfront. Um, if it's since it's not supposed to be too terribly cold and nice. um helping out at the uh, food kitchen in, in our town for the rescue mission. Oh, so so, you're be, just, so be cool.
2: you're just such a good oh, person. You're just such a great person. <laughs> oh I no, like
1: I'm I can't wait to <laughs> stuff my face and watch football. <laughs>
2: like,
1: you're, like, <laughs> you're amazing. Oh well. Wow. Yeah, we, 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 to to see you next week in Omaha. We're going to have a really good time. And in Wellington. Stay tuned, everyone. There'll be stories, I'm sure. Um, But as a regional director, um, if if people are in your region and they need to get a hold of you, how, how do they do that?
6: Oh, most of them know. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, um,
6: yeah, they're they're pretty. My the people in Region Four are really very good about reaching out, and they know that you know they can contact me on my personal email, um, and then also the USDF the Region Four email address that's there, um, and then also you know lots of them text me on my, on this phone number. So they're, (laughs) they're very good about reaching out. We're very, um, really try to communicate in the region. So, and they know that I want them to support the sport and, but that the key is having fun and enjoying, enjoying the journey.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and being such a great example for all of us.
2: Thank you for a decade of being a fabulous volunteer at the finals. I think it's it's so commendable that, uh, that we have such extraordinary volunteers. And beyond that, to represent our country as a volunteer um, in, in another foreign place um, is truly exceptional. So thank you for being uh, such an incredible steward for our sport and for being an ambassador for our community. We, we are greatly um, appreciative of that and grateful for what you do for our country. So thank you.
6: Well, thank you. Thanks very much, you, you guys. I love this program, and uh, you always have such interesting interviews with people and share so much information. I just deeply appreciate all that, that you guys do for sharing the love of our sport and, and helping it to grow.
2: And tonight, you're one of them. Yes. <laughs> have, a,
6: Whoa, surprise. Have, a,
2: ha, have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and thanks for joining us, and we can't wait to see you next week in Omaha.
6: Okay, well, thank you, and Everyone who's listening, they better be there at Omaha because it's going to be fun.
5: As horse owners, we spend a lot of time on the road. Let US Rider help keep you covered. Our equestrian motor plan offers fast, reliable, nationwide service from our highly trained roadside assistance team. 24 seven coverage for both you and your horse. Membership includes horse trailer servicing, towing, flat tire repair, even on dual wheels, battery assistance, and lockout service on any vehicle in your plan. We also have your equine companions covered with referrals for emergency vet services, barrier referrals, and emergency stabling assistance. Get peace of mind on the road for you and your horse. Join U.S. Rider today.
2: Well, hello, 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 my good friend Tana Faxon, and welcome to the Dressage Radio Show.
5: Hi, I'm happy to be here
2: well Tana, you have an amazing horse and uh, and you've been a good friend of mine for so many years and it's so exciting to watch you guys uh, blaze trails in the Pacific Northwest uh, and also make the journey all the way to Kentucky uh, and have such amazing successes there tell us about your phenomenal horse Mr. Flash uh,
5: thank you Noah uh, yes he is phenomenal I have a terrible crush on him um, <laughs> <laughs> we uh we uh, purchased him in the uh, the spring of 2022. Uh, he was in Florida with Sabine Shoot Carey, and I had made the decision at that point that I was interested in finding a high quality Iberian stallion uh, to bring to the Pacific Northwest, not only uh, for me to compete, but also to market him and build him as. A successful breeding stallion here in the United States. I I think it's important uh, for us to help build the Iberian breed here in the U.S. um, because I think they're great adult amateur horses. So uh, enter Flash into my world and (laughs) it's been (laughs) just an amazing ride uh, literally uh, ever since we found him.
2: Yeah, it's a it's uh, it's a great partnership and it's fun to watch because you wear multiple hats um, with this horse and um, and I think that's a, a it's a unique situation but also something that I keep seeing as a pattern in our country uh, which I think is equally awesome which is we have adult amateurs that have these have capabilities um, as far as owning the horse um, and, and have amazing partnerships with their trainers um, and being able to share the ride with their trainer um, tell me a little bit about your partnership uh with Flash and uh, and and what experience he's had um, over the last couple of years that you've you've now gotten to take the reins with.
5: No, you're absolutely right. I do wear a lot of hats, which I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, when we were thinking about buying Flash, I decided that it was very important if I were going to really promote his breeding career uh, to its utmost that it was important for him to not only be competed by an adult amateur, but also to be out there with a professional. So I talked to my trainer, Sarah Gammy, who is also located here in Oregon with River Run Equestrian, about sharing the ride. And uh, so at some shows she is competing him, at some shows I am. I haul him to every show, no matter where it is in the country. And I'm the groom, the braider, all of the above. Um, But I wouldn't have it any other way. And I think that it's been really good for the horse and his career. Yeah,
1: it seems like it. Judge and jury. Yeah, I know. I love it. Tana, can you tell us about yourself and your start with horses and, and what you do for a living? Sure. I grew up in the
5: Midwest and my mom and grandmother were both horsewomen, although they did not compete. Um, My father is a veterinarian and when he was a young man, he wrangled horses at the Y camp of the Rockies out in Colorado. So I came by horses very naturally in my life and I went up through the ranks, more in the Western world, though. I started with 4-H and then showed quarter horses for several decades. Um, I took a short break and then (coughs) decided I wanted to change disciplines and got into dressage, uh, which we can talk about that in a few minutes, I guess. um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've been practicing law for, oh gosh, more than 25 years now. Wow. And I'm licensed in four states. Uh, I have my own law firm here in Oregon. And then I'm also a partner in a law firm in California. So uh, I'm busy and, and going all the time with my practice. I, I do some equine law just because I, I love it. I love horse people and I understand the industry uh, well enough to know what what I can do to help uh, folks in the industry as an attorney. And then I also litigate bad faith cases against insurance companies uh, who haven't treated their insureds the way that they should.
2: Admirable on all counts. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 truly, truly admirable, Tana, is, uh, is that I, I see you at all these competitions. You were saying how you're the braider and you're the hauler and you're the groom and, and all of that. <laughs> But then I see you in the arena on your horses, and it's magic, and it's so much fun to see you succeeding. You were just at the regional championships at my farm here in Oregon, which is always fun to have, and uh, and you were competing multiple horses. So tell me about um, uh, the journey on both of them and, and what you got to do um, at the Region 6 championships this year.
5: Well, thank you. Yeah, so as I mentioned before, Sarah and I coordinate as to what our goals are for the year, and who's going to ride when and at what shows. So we decided this year that my goal was to go to the U.S. Dressage Finals and obviously to regionals. So um, I competed Flash in the Adult Amateur I-1 and the Adult Amateur I-1 Freestyle. And he's just so much fun to show. And Devonwood is just such a gorgeous facility to be at. And this year... I mean, I think we took a million pictures because the trees were just picture perfect with the bright oranges and rusts, and just it made for a wonderful time. And then I also competed a young mare. Uh, She is a PRE. I imported her earlier this year from Spain. Uh, Her name is Lady de Moran.
2: Miss Moira.
5: Moira, (laughs) Moira, I
2: love (laughs) it. I love it, Moira Rose. Oh, I
5: love it (laughs) very much. And so I competed with her um, in a couple of classes. Uh, The one that was the most fun was the the adult amateur equitation class, which uh, we were we were. I was really excited to be the champion in that class this year with her.
1: How fun. So then you got to come to Kentucky, and we were talking up here. I'm sad I didn't get to meet you this year, but next year I will. So tell us a little bit about your journey to the U.S. Finals.
5: Sure. Well, I am so lucky. I have to give props to my husband, David, who grew up showing cattle. So he understands the concept of hauling livestock, and taking care of your animals on the road. And so he's my partner in crime and he hits the road with me and we haul together. So we took four days this year to get there to Kentucky. We have our, our layover stops all mapped out and our regular places to go. And the neat thing is one of the stops is on our way to Kentucky at my, my parents' place where I grew up in Missouri. So we're able to pull into my parents' place where I grew up with my horses as a kid, unload my horse, and let him overnight uh, in in my childhood barn and in the paddock there, which is really it's really a special thing.
1: Oh, I have chills on that one. That's amazing.
2: You know, it's it's so cool that you have this opportunity uh, to go to the finals and to win at regionals on, uh, on your small tour horse and to bring your young horse out. I mean, you were the youngest horse in that whole field um, of a packed uh, regional adult amateur equitation final, and you stole the show. And it's it's so cool then to see you hop in a trailer and go a couple thousand miles across the country, and have the whole set up and pull into Kentucky and rock it there too. Tell me about the the journey to Kentucky and uh, and what the ride's like. Um, you know, in in the in the big stadium.
5: Sure, uh, you know, it was a great trip. We're lucky. Flash travels really well. I think he actually likes it. Um, and and all the attention too. Um, my husband drives. Most of the day, uh, we have Wi-Fi in the truck, and so I can stay on my laptop and keep up with work. And then I'm not too terribly behind when we pull into Kentucky and unload. And then the focus goes back to flash. Riding in that in the Alltech Arena is it's just so fun. I mean, I just I can't describe it as any other thing it's hard not to have a huge grin on your face when, when you get to walk into that beautiful arena
2: with your horse. That's That's amazing.
1: It's so cool. And I love hearing how you are able to delegate all the things you do. I think that that is amazing. And you're really an example to everyone that you can do it. You can be successful as a rider and, and be in it an amazing attorney. Truly. Um, I, I preach this to all my working students and all my kids of like, you can do this. And so what advice would you give to people, um, as they're trying to juggle their busy lives and their horses? Oh gosh, that's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just talked to like school kids about it. That's why (laughs) it's on my mind.
5: Right. Right. I mean, um, be organized, plan ahead, surround yourself with really good people who are supportive. And if you do that, then the rest just seems to come naturally.
2: Wow. Very very succinct. That's exactly what I would expect a lawyer to say. But uh, yes. these 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 words, I know I know you live and breathe those words every single day, uh, Tana. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we loved having you on the show. Congratulations on an incredible season with all your horses, and uh, we wish you a wonderful holiday. But before we cut you off for the for this segment of our show, we have to ask you a little bit about your holiday traditions. Um, Thanksgiving's just coming up as, at the time of us recording this. So what. Do you have going on this week? Uh, what's on the menu? What are you looking forward to? And uh, tell us everything.
5: <laughs> oh my gosh. So you're going to laugh at my answer. Um, I'm still catching up on doing loads of laundry from being gone for 12 days. <laughs> oh, <No, you laughs> understand? <laughs> 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 that, that's I the one thing I don't stay, I don't keep up with. So I'm very lucky that my sister in law is hosting Thanksgiving this year because there's no way I could. Um, stomach having family coming in and seeing the state of my house right now. Um,
2: <laughs> we we would yeah. understand. Yeah, <laughs> of course, people you will stick together. That. We get it. Yeah, yeah
1: we get it. <laughs> we're all like, I exactly. have the same problem. <laughs> yes.
5: So um, anyway, we're, we're going to family uh, in Dallas, Oregon for Thanksgiving. And um, I am not a good cook for turkey, so i self delegate um appetizers to to my list of responsibilities. so we're I going to make them. some wonderful appetizers and take them away Do you
1: know what are you bringing? Do you know yet um, well some some uh probably what
5: would you call it Low brow, <laughs> um, picks okay. in a blanket. What's the best? Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I Keep it simple. Come on. Cheesy, um, they're little mini slider hamburgers. Um,
1: um, are you kidding mm-hmm, me? These are sound amazing. I'm like. Oh, this is no, awesome.
2: She's like, well, I've got fantastic. this lowbrow menu. <laughs> oh, no, I, and
1: I'm like,
5: I love it. <laughs> like, Bring well, it.
2: This is fine dining.
5: <laughs> sounds well, so many people. You know, I think with Thanksgiving, you know, they do the really beautiful charcuterie boards and. You know all of those things, and I mean, I come from the Midwest. I am one step away from Jello salad. <laughs> hey, don't knock,
2: the, don't knock the Jello. We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> don't knock the Jello; it's there. <laughs> <laughs> No, I love it. Tana, we hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in the show ring next year. Keep your eyes out for Flash, the Lusitana Stallion. Uh, Tana, if the uh, listeners want to get in touch with you or learn more about um, Facts and Equine, uh, can you tell us how they can reach out to you?
5: Absolutely, Noah. Um, So we're on Facebook um, at Facts and Equine. And uh, Flash, the Lusitano Stallion, has his own TikTok page, which is kind of for fun. Uh, And then we are just now going live with our website, which is www.faxonequine.com. And happy Thanksgiving to you as well and your families.
2: Thank you so much, Tom. Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than Spalding fly predators.
1: Well, this week in honor of Thanksgiving, we asked Sarah and Christian to stay on to kind of give us some Thanksgiving treats and what they're up to. So Christian Simonson, what are you up to this week during Thanksgiving?
7: Um, I will be uh, flying to go visit my my family uh, and spend time with my, my sister and just get some good, good family time in before the chaos of the season starts to begin.
1: I love it. Okay. So are there any board games? Like what do you guys do during the Thanksgiving holiday? Is there anything fun or
7: we <laughs> are a really, really competitive uh Scrabble playing family. Oh, um, so I, knew also, I knew it. I knew it. And also trivia. Uh so now that I think about it, that's our two things that we always play during Thanksgiving that are uh, a must.
1: <laughs> I love it. Okay. What? Do you warm up at all?
7: Um, I'm actually the worst one of the group, I must say, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm being fully honest. So I, and, but I try to like make up for it in the trivia. Usually on the trivia, I try to be, I'm up there with my dad. Um, so, okay. so my warm up is like an alphabet soup of, you know, is this a word? Is this not a word? And usually I'm, I'm last on the tier.
2: <laughs> All right, Christian, we want to know what's your favorite thing on the Thanksgiving menu.
7: I really like, um, sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on top.
2: Yes. oh yeah mm, that's sweet too. yeah they're so good <laughs> yum yum and who's making that um usually my mom sister
7: slash me, me adding the marshmallows it's kind of a group effort I
2: love nice
7: it. nice how, how right, many Sarah.
1: marshmallows like do you, do you really, do you, how, how thick is this layer that's what i want to know oh,
7: we go for a thick layer i i like at least you know a quarter of the of the slice to be marshmallow <laughs> <laughs> i love
1: it <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, all right, Sarah, your turn. What what do you got? What's on the table and what board games are, are up foot?
5: Yeah. What are you doing? Okay. Well, if anyone knows me, first of all, my house does not look like it's ready for Thanksgiving. It looks like Christmas threw up in my house. If you know my <laughs> husband, we skip basically skip Thanksgiving, and we are Christmas carols in the barn, Christmas carols in the house already. So it's a oh, Christmasy no. Thanksgiving. Being oh yeah, oh, and I'm no. I, I love it. I'm I want to totally see this. Brutal. I want to be in well. I want
1: to oh, see it when I'm in Wellington. I want to okay. see the Christmas
5: carol. I love it. We have, I don't even know, our barn is now decked out too. So it's, I'm, I have, I have lost the battle, but, um, (laughs) the other thing, little known fact about Sarah, I suck at cooking, um, typical horse trainer, right? So, um, whole foods is amazing. And you light a candle Mm, mm. that makes it smell like turkey. You're good. It's like, nobody even (laughs) knew you didn't cook. So, uh, very healthy turkey dinner from Whole Foods, but we always have, if we have any working students or girls that don't go back home for Thanksgiving, we always have everybody over. Um, and we also are very competitive with games, but we do uh, Michigan Rummy. If you guys know what that is, card game. No, games. what is um, this game?
1: Oh. Well, I know, i never like, heard it
5: oh uh, is there 10 rounds nine rounds he's gonna kill me there's so many rounds and You have <laughs> like three three of a kind and then so many a run of this or a run of that um so anyways it's a card game i get lucky sometimes and otherwise i also kind of suck at card games so i'm along <laughs> for the ride and the only other thing that's kind of a family tradition is um And again, I wish I knew like the more detailed side of this story, but there's something my mom's South African and our family's from South Africa. And one of the things that they like cherish is the wishbone. And now don't get grossed Mm -hmm. out. But years ago when I got married, my mom decorated the wishbone from Thanksgiving, <laughs> okay. and I have to like put it somewhere on my dress or in my Oh my god! And have it with- <laughs> <That's solid. laughs> like bones on my wedding day, bones. <laughs> uh. So we won't be doing that with the wishbone this year, but we do like do the the traditional, you know, make a wish, pull the wishbone. I'm gonna oh
1: see God. like if it's ever on a shad belly. I'm gonna be like, are there, <laughs> you <put laughs> under that shad Maybe belly? Let's do that. Maybe that's my whole yes. issue is I need a, a put, wishbone put it on the collar. Wishbone. The wishbone. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna ask it. you when I see you in Wellington, I'll be like, oh, did you care? Like did you just <laughs> I'm go gonna do that? it? I love it. Okay, so what's your favorite food on on the table? So I
5: also have a horrible sweet tooth and <laughs> mine is apple pie. So Ooh. I always, we always do an apple pie and I am that kid. I'm pretty sure my family still tells the story. because My grandma used to make the special apple pie that I actually do. That is one of the things we do make. Um, but I, one time, I think I was 12. And I mean, if I didn't ride horses, you'd probably have to like lift me out of the bed with a crane because I like <laughs> love sweet stuff. So I <laughs> ate the entire pie by myself. Oh. And then after that, I was very sick and obviously didn't eat pie for years later, but now <laughs> that's back to be my favorite thing.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. We also, we have an orchard down the street and I was making pie and my brother-in-law was like, I love Evan's orchard pie. And I was like, why am I making it? <laughs> so <laughs> tomorrow I have like on the board is like pick up pies. So I like uh, yeah. pumpkin. Yeah. I love it. So I'm I'm with you on the apple. It's delightful. Actually, I like pumpkin too. So but I have to pick them up tomorrow. I like I said I was making them and now the orchard makes them <laughs> and it's great.
2: So we're gonna be cheersing Papa. you guys on Thanksgiving. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing with us your traditions and uh, and Sarah, you'll have to get back to us and tell us what the real world are on that. Um and maybe we'll join you for a round. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I want to learn this game. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time off. And we can't wait to see you during season this year. Well, everybody, as always, we love your email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. and please, if you see us at convention, we may be in the hotel bar. yeah, please come and see us. Uh, no and I would really love to hear about to meet you and uh,
2: we'll be closing down the bar most likely, and uh, and you should definitely come <laughs> have a drink with us. Uh, at least say say click, click glasses as we celebrate fiftieth anniversary for USDF. It's gonna be a fun convention.
1: It's going to be fun. Well, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our page at horseradionetwork.com. Search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
2: And you can follow me on Facebook at noah.ratner or you can email me at region6dir at usdf.org. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products, for all of the great things that they do for our sport.
1: If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through our auditor page found at horseradio.network.com. As always, we'd love talking with you, and we'd look forward to our next show.